I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rota Report podcast in association with the Sun and Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav back after, well, what was pretty miserable. Um talking to you at about half past ten on the, the night of the Huddersfield defeat. And I know that we haven't uh we haven't spoken to you since before the international break. And I wish I was sitting here with a bit more oomph in my voice and a bit more something I don't know, a bit more pleasant to be talking about. But unfortunately we've lost the last two games against teams that I think most fans would have said prior to both games that we probably should have beaten them. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, we have to talk about it. And if you make it all the way through this podcast, then good on you, because hopefully we make some salient points. Hopefully we talk about some things which bring a bit of clarity to what's going on. But it isn't great to be sitting here so close to a defeat. But yeah, anyways, joining me tonight is Martin. Hiya, mate. It's always good to talk to you, Martin. Regardless, oh, of yeah. Well, I, think, I reckon that's the um, the best bit of the whole thing, isn't it? Because apart from that, there's not a great deal of good um, to talk about at, at present. So. Um, no. Yeah, interesting time. No. Very interesting. And I feel so despondent just because that was so hard to sit through. It's the first time I felt like that in a long, long time. Long, long time. It was cold. It was miserable. The best part was going to the pub before the match and having a couple of beers because pretty much everything after that was just just so poor. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. Just so flat, so... So disappointing, and it's not something I've become accustomed to with this team. But I, I don't know about you, Martin. I was I was expecting a reaction after the the Plymouth game because we kind of had a little chat me and you after that, and you know there were aspects of it which I was really disappointed with, but parts of it where I thought we all we were all right at times. I never felt like we were all right against Huddersfield. I just felt so deflated watching it. It felt like uh, I, the best thing I can compare it to is back when we were in the Premier League and we would have you know, like third round cup ties against um, lower league teams coming to the stadium of light in a sort of half full stadium on a cold night in January or whatever. It felt a bit like that. It just didn't feel like any of the players were up for it. I don't really think the fans were up for it, but it's hard to get up for something when it's so cold. But it it, it was, you know, with the players, you, you want them to give you something to get off your chair and, and get excited about. And that was about as flat as I've seen son under Tony Mowbray. Nothing worked and... Yeah, you can hear it. Just, I'm, I'm really disappointed. I'm really gutted, actually. You know, I, I kind of took the Plymouth game on the chin, but tonight I'm just flat as a fart. That was really poor. I was expecting a, a reaction and a response like you were, and um, 
you know, I think when you, you look at Saturday's game, we had periods of, of the game where we, we you know we dominated, but we we actually attacked with purpose and we created a few chances and all that sort of stuff. Today, it was just dire. Like you know, we we held on to the ball, we had possession. Look, if you look at the stats, like you, you'd think we we were unlucky. Like we had twenty seven shots allegedly. Nine shots on target, but yeah, you know, well, I can't remember any of those really testing the goalkeeper. We were just talking about that. When I heard Gary Bennett on the radio demanding that Simon Pride gave him, you know, the, the examples of the nine shots on target we had because I can I can't remember more than a handful. Well, you can go th- you can go through the the chances that we had because it won't take very long. For, for <laughs> decent decent chances, will it? There was a free kick from Clark. Yeah. In the first half, there was all nine's goal. There was Pritchard's free kick towards the end. Um, there was the the curler that Hume had, and after that, I'm kind of struggling to think of anything Job, meaningful. The, the Job one on one, which was you know probably the Apart biggest chance. The Job one on yeah. one, which is you yeah. know is is a real turn point in the game, isn't it? But if we're relying on a, an 18 year old to come up with the goods as being the reason why we we win or lose, we're, we're doing something wrong completely. And like we we had so much bloody possession. You know, if you again looking at the stats. We had over 700 passes and they had just over 200. But it, like, possession counts for nothing if, if we're not mm. doing something with it. And as you say, we had a, a chat after the Plymouth game and kind of said, you know, if, if he makes a couple of changes, you know, gets a, a sheesh in, in the team and gets that little bit more creativity, we're kind of on the right track. We're not too far from, from having a team that can go out and, and score three or four goals. Today, we seem to just go three or four steps back. It was turgid. There was absolutely yeah. no aggression in the team. There was no... They didn't seem to be up for it. And they didn't. Whether it's the weather, whether it's whatever it is, I, I don't know. But it's it's a real concern because if you look at the, the last, what, six games that we've had, right? So, I'm um, sorry, the last eight games. If you look at that, since we, we've gone on this sort of iffy run, so end of September, early October, we'd um, you know beaten QPR, beaten Blackburn away, beaten Chef Wed away, beat Watford at home had a defeat against Cardiff, and you, you know, we're on the right track. We'd come off that brilliant win against Southampton at home. Since the Borough game, we've played eight games, won two of them, and those two at home against teams who are right down the bottom of the table there, um, Norwich and, and Birmingham, teams that you expect to beat. And, you know, I, I know it's only a small um, sort of a, a small field to, to base that on, but that's eight games, which is, what, just over a f- or just under a fifth of the season. Play that out over a full season, we've got forty points and we're relegated. So yeah. like, it's it's actual it's fact to say at the minute, in the last eight games we're in relegation form. And the most concerning thing for me, right, is that form. If you look at the teams that we played, Borough, who are currently tenth, Stoke seventeenth, Leicester at top, fair enough, but Swansea eighteenth, Plymouth at twentieth, Huddersfield twenty first. It's not as if we've had that fixture list against a team we're in the games against yeah. playoff teams. We've been playing teams that if we've got any aspirations at all. If finishing top half, never mind playoffs, we've got to beat or take points off. And we are in such bad form at the minute. And, you know, you don't know where, where to change it because we haven't got a ton of injuries. It's not as if we're sitting here going, oh, well, once we get Ross Stewart back, it'll be all right. Once we get Ballard back, we'll be all right. We're not in that position. And if you know, if you flick back to this time last year, I think we had a, a similar sort of run um, after the initial um, sort of set of results Mowbray had. We had, a, we had a poor run where we'd only taken a few points. But Ballard was out and Stuart were out. This time we've actually got no excuses. He's got a, a deep squad, a fully fit squad, you know, bar Corey Evans and a, a couple of others. And we're in absolutely 
dire form in terms of results. Yeah. And, you know, the, the danger for me is that, you, you know, you've got such a, a young squad and we're, we're all, like, I'm, I'm on board with that. I think you've got to have a little bit of experience chucked in there to guide them along and help them through bits. But their heads are going to drop and you can see it tonight, the, the heads dropped. And, you know, you've got a, a manager there who's chucking four subs on. Like, his subs are just Russian roulette. It's just like, see what happens. We'll chuck them on, see what happens. And they haven't affected the game at all this season. All no, the subs never, never works. I, I was trying to wrap my brains before about when the last time it worked was, and I'm thinking like Redden last season, when he when he made a raft of changes. And, and it, it, it's, it's like when things aren't going our way, Plan B is just make four or five subs. It it never works. No, I just the, I just I just, just sighed and rolled works. my eyes yeah. when when he did it because I just think it's not going to work. It never does. And I think you're right. I was trying to put my finger on this earlier when I was coming back from the match, just sort of what it is. And I don't know. Were we more driven towards a common goal when we had less players to pick from because everybody knew their jobs and it was like right, we've got you know one defender we've got a full back let's make it work whereas now he's got so much choice he's just not getting it right in terms of the selection i don't know i mean i'll be honest martin i think a big part of the uh, you know keeping the balls great but you've got to pass with purpose sometimes and we aren't doing that and i think a big big part of that is the complete lack of width we get from full back we, we haven't had a left back all season you know and i think he, i actually think you know Huggins in particular has done a really good job of covering that position but you need a left-footed left-back and a right-footed right-back and you need them getting particularly when you've got players like Clark and Roberts where they like to drift inside and they like to get on the ball and and run at players you need to have people running beyond them now for as this run of games really and and really the majority of the season we just haven't had that and I worry that that's being overlooked is a big issue, is that we don't have a left-back, and we can't do much about that because they're both injured, and Sirkin's pulled up again and whatever. I don't know how far away he is, but you can't look past that. And I, I, I would love to know the thinking behind dropping Huggins for this game because, to me, in the last mini-run of games, he's been one of the bright sparks. He was man the yeah. match against Birmingham. He was one of the better players against Plymouth. He drops him for Sealed, who's playing right-back, who's never going to be a right-back. He's a big lad. He's a centre-half. Not particularly great at moving with the ball like you would expect a fullback to do and he struggled to really impact up the pitch and I just thought it made us very narrow and compact which played into Huddersfield's hands they wanted us to do that they wanted us yeah. to pass it around the box they, you know what I mean we, it, and, and then when he made the changes we still brought no width on we brought Barr on <laughs> we brought Dak on we brought Pritchard on yeah. it, was, it, it, it was just lacking in sense and ideas and I've been quick to praise Tony Mowbray for a lot of things, you know, over the time he's been here. And I think his experience has helped us more and has hindered us. But I expect an experienced manager to notice these things and be able to remedy them. And I just didn't get a lot of the thinking behind some of his decisions in this game. And it's been like that for a couple of weeks, to be honest. So, you know, what do you put down as the cause of... Because you just pointed out that run of games where the form hasn't been great, sort of from Middlesbrough onwards, really. And we... We know that Middlesbrough, we were done by a bad decision. Same in the Stoke game. They had a dodgy goal, which shouldn't have been given. Yeah, I know all of this, but still, we lost against Middlesbrough. We lost against Stoke. We lost against Leicester. We lost against Plymouth. We lost against Huddersfield. Couldn't beat Swansea, who played with 10 men for the vast Correct, majority yes. of the game. Another one, another one which you can't forget about. 
what do you put that down to? What is it that's changed from where we looked so bright? Like we looked, particularly after that Chef Wed game where we just decimated them early doors and then bullied them, really. We didn't get out of first gear. You know, from being so alive at that point, what's changed? Mason Burstow. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, like... But, you but want like to win in, that in, game at Sheffield, but, to be fair. But you know what? In all seriousness, right? So like, there's a few things to unpick. But um, I, I was being tongue in cheek when I when I said that. But like we, um, <laughs> you know, we, we played that that system that we we've got with Trey Hume pushing inside, and we've played that all season um, for for the vast majority of games anyway. And you know, I, I actually made a made a note after about ten minutes. I was like, this is the first time I've seen a left back being given a free roll because. He was just—he was everywhere. He was in the centre midfield. He was over at right back. Hume was everywhere on the pit. And I actually think we're kind of be, trying to be too clever in that mm-hmm. bit of it because we, as you say, two full backs playing the proper positions, ideally playing on the proper sides, getting around on the outside of the, the two wingers who were playing on, on their wrong side inverted commas and cutting inside. So you, you've kind of got that bit to it. I kind of—I wondered with um, Seals whether that was to accommodate. You doing that, so you had you formed a three when we're in possession and a, f- a four out of it, and also from corners because on Saturday we had a ton of corners that we didn't do anything from, and tonight we had quite a few corners that we we didn't do anything from, um, but still got on the end of a few of them. Like he got he he won the header for the goal, so I wonder yeah. whether bringing him in was to get a bit of aerial strength in for for set pieces, and you kind of live with the the stuff he doesn't bring from a, a fullback position, but. You know, as a as a, I actually thought he did he did all right, and I thought he looked relatively comfortable on the ball. But he's he's not fullback. He's not going to bomb down the line, take people on, get round the back, and get, get crosses in. I think there was one um, one time in the first half where Ashish sort of slipped him in to to go on, the, on to the byline in the box, and he he just failed to to keep it in allegedly. But I think the biggest thing is teams have figured this out. I actually don't think we're playing that much differently to what we were doing earlier in the season. But teams aren't allowing us space. You know, if teams saw what we did to Southampton, and Southampton are a bloody good side, they played way too open, and we took advantage of it. We've got the players who can take advantage of it if they're given space. But we are so easy to play against. All all teams need to do. We've seen it in the last last few games, haven't we? Sit mm. back, let us have possession, let us lose the ball, which we, you know, for all the possession we have, it often ends up with us us losing it, and then counter. And you know, as early as the third minute, Huddersfield did that. You know, they they got yeah. through. Patterson made a, a good save, and you could see exactly how they were going to play from the off. They didn't really change the game plan all game. We absolutely played in their hands. And you know, there's got to be times of the game where we go to them. You have some possession because we want to bring you out so we can counter attack you because we've actually got players who, who've got pace who can run into space. But you know, I feel sorry for the you know the likes of Roberts, the likes of Clark. Ashish tonight, Rusin, who's who was was absent completely tonight from um, from the bench even, um, but I feel sorry for all of these attackers because they're playing in such a constricted space, they they're packed up against a, a deep line defence and the midfield who's coming back and they've got nothing to play in and you know we can talk all we want about strikers and I think you know there's still a, a really big argument for getting you know that that Arsene Wenger fox in the box type of striker. Who can pounce on loose balls and you know can sniff them out? Absolutely, I think that we, we're desperate for a player who can do that. But the strikers that we've got aren't all shite strikers. 
You know, they've got potential, they've got promise, they've scored goals in preseason, they've scored goals elsewhere. It's no there's four of them now, tries. And you know, we haven't had a game all season where we've gone, that strike was brilliant. Whether it's Tamir, whether it's um Burstow, whether it's Rusin, whether it's Mayender tonight. We haven't had one game where that strike has had a great game. You know, I bet you if you have a look through all of the, the match ratings, there's rarely a chance, or rarely a time rather, where our strikers have got 8 or, or 9 out of 10. Because we, we don't play in a way that sets the, the striker up because we've got so much possession and the team's just sitting back. Now we've got to figure out another way of playing because at the minute we're absolutely, we, we might as well just not bother turning up and just give them three points or give them a, a point because they're sitting back and we are so easy to play against. Now, unless we figure out another way of playing, we're going to be we're going to really struggle because you know you look at the next set of games that we've got. I'll, I'll just I'll go through them here, right? We've got Millwall away on Saturday. They're nineteenth in the table. That won't be easy though. You know, it's not it's a nice terrible, place to go. Horrible place to go to, right? Mm-hmm. And you got you know bunch of young lads going there. Big test of character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got West Brom at home, fifth. Leeds at home, third. Away at Bristol City, who were twelfth. Home to Coventry, who were fifteenth. Then away at Hull and Boxing Day, who were sixth. We've got a game at Rotherham after that. And you go Rotherham at the minute, they're right down there. That should be three points. How like last last season we said that. Got turned over. The <laughs> season before we got absolutely turned over. So that's not a place that we traditionally do too well at. Then you've got games against Preston who are in the you know, chasing the playoffs, Ipswich, and then Hull again. So that's our next ten games or so. And then and then Stoke and then Middlesbrough. And then Stoke know, and Bull. Yeah. So like if we continue playing this way. You're looking at those games and go, what? You'd be looking to get bloody five or six points out of those games at the minute, the way that we're playing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a concerning prospect. Now, I would caveat all of that with saying that we kind of went through a bad run in February ish last season. And we were looking at the fixture list and going, well, we've got West Brom where they're doing really well, such and such, blah, blah, blah. And we actually went in a really good run of form against teams who were higher up because they play out a bit more. You know, they're not going to just sit back, especially when they're playing at home and we're, we're away. But like Leeds will come to our place and attack you with a thought. West Brom will come to our place and have a go. So that could play into our hands away Southampton did. So it's not necessarily writing them all off, but like if they've watched our recent games, they'll just go, all we have to do is sit back and spring them because we'll we'll get the chance and we'll get three points. And I actually, you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to know what the, the board are thinking and what Speakman and Kirill are thinking because anyway, I think last season's success is probably Heightened expectations that shouldn't shouldn't have been heightened to a to a large extent, but that's you know gone now. They've got to be thinking how long do we actually let this go? Because you know even in game we're not seeing a plan B. We're not seeing changes that can alter things. So you're not getting a bit of hope that you can you know you have some have something that we can just change and that'll be that'll be it. Because we we've just been dogmatic in in our approach, the way that we're playing, and we're not getting anywhere with it at the minute. You're bang on. You're absolutely bang on with uh, you know, everything you've just said. It's undeniable just how disappointing this little run's been. I mean, to be honest, after Birmingham and then the the international break, I was so positive about the result and just the fact that, right, we've got a little bit of a break. After the break, we've got some very winnable games. You know, it to me, that was just a, it, that would, that was a chance to write off the, the little run of sort of not not necessarily just like bad results, but where we felt like we'd been done out of results, like Stoke, like I say, Leicester, Borough, where we felt like we'd been cheated a little bit. It was a really good chance to just sort of crack on, you know, look forward, not backwards. You know, 
I, I wasn't expecting to just walk over Plymouth because I spoke to a Plymouth fan on the on our Twitter space on Friday Night Live, who I, I hadn't really realised this until I spoke to him, but told me all about how you know they're, they're getting a lot of praise from other clubs despite the league position about how great they've been playing against other teams and you just look at the results they've run some good sides close to score goals so I wasn't expecting to go there and turn them over but we were just weak we were weak and then uh, you know. I can take that, you know. I kind of, I kind of expect us to lose every so often. But this Huddersfield game, it wasn't the same. I, I've, like I say, I said, I said at the top, I, I'm really deflated off the back of this because that's the first time in a long time where I've watched them and thought I haven't got a clue what we're doing here. No. The plan on the pitch just isn't there, and you know, we, we we do have to highlight these things. Mowbray doesn't have a plan B at the minute. There isn't one there chucking four or five subs on at a time, it doesn't work. And to me, and you you made a really good point, he's actually got a deeper squad to pick from than he's ever had. So it shouldn't be hard to remedy these things, but I think we're just so far down the rabbit hole with this style of play that when things go wrong, his answer isn't to try something different, it's to keep doing what we're doing because we'll play our way out of it. We'll pick up, you know, we, we might beat Millwall and, and we will be having a very different tone of conversation because that's why that's the way it is, you know. You, your mood does swing on wins and losses, but as we sit here right now, I think it's very fair to point out what's going wrong. And to me, the striker thing does stick in my throat because we had to listen to him bang on about Ross Stewart constantly last year in press conferences, not having him. If only I had a striker. If only I had a striker. If only I had a centre forward. Well, we got four, and you don't know what to do with any of them. Yeah. Because the team doesn't play for strikers. The team plays for Jack Clark and Patrick Roberts. One of them is very productive, doesn't always play well, but I'm quite fine with the way we play for Jack Clark. But Patrick Roberts on the other side isn't contributing. They can't get away from that. I wasn't expecting him to play tonight because I felt like he hasn't done enough to warrant a start. He was terrible again tonight. And I love Patrick Roberts. He's one of my favourite players. I love watching him. When he's in full flow, he's beautiful to watch. He's one of the best players I've ever seen in the Southern shirt when he's at his best. But he hasn't been at his best for a long time. And you've got to be ruthless. And I just think that he's dancing around some of these players a little bit. He finds it very easy to drop Ekwa. He finds it very easy to drop any of the strikers because those are the players he drags in public. Those are the players that he he, he will criticise. I've never heard him mention Patrick Roberts's form this season and be honest about it. I'm sure he's been asked questions and maybe skirted around a little bit. But I know he likes him. But I just think that if we... Everybody has to be a little bit more honest about it and then maybe we'll find solutions. And behind closed doors, he could be, you know, be having very different conversations with the players, but I just don't get that feeling. I feel like there are some comfortable players in this team who aren't really a threat of their place. And I don't think he's ever going to just try something different. I don't think we're going to... Like, to me, I, I was I was thinking, right, for this Huddersfield game, because... I didn't. I didn't think we played well for big parts of the Plymouth game, but there were aspects of it that were okay. But I'm thinking, right? Ekwa hasn't played well. Totally agreed with the decision to drop him. I was thinking maybe move Job in alongside Dan Neil, play a more traditional central midfield pair in there. You have a number ten, bring Oshish in, bring in Mayenda up front. Quite happy with that. But then the team has a bit more structure. Get, you know, Huggins and Hume as fullbacks. I don't have a problem with because we don't have. Um, we don't have a left-footed left-back at the minute, which is fine. So I'm thinking, right, Huggins and Hume, but their job has to be to be like wing-backs. Get forward, 
give Clark and Roberts width so that when they do cut inside, they're not double marked. And then we have that option to get the ball wide and cross it early. Everything tonight was slow and turgid and just knocking it round the box, one and two yard passes, five yard passes, moving it to the wing, moving it back inside, passing it into the centre midfield players, going back to the centre halves, going back around the box. It was just so easy to defend against. And now, after this run of results where you've, like say, you just point out five defeats, a very disappointing draw to Swansea, what we should have really won. And that could have been a defeat, couldn't it? They missed the penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then beating Birmingham. That isn't a good run of results. So what are we going to do next? Like, I'm looking at Tony Mowbray now and saying, okay, you have to come up with some solutions now because it's... It, by the time we play Millwall, it'll be 2nd of December. A centre-forward still hasn't signed, uh, scored a goal this season. The style of play is suffering because, for whatever reason, we aren't playing to the centre-forwards. We're not playing with width. So what are you going to do? Because Millwall will eat us up if we let them because it's a hard place to go, as we've just mentioned. And then you're looking after that at, at West Brom and Leeds. I mean, I'd be happy with a couple of points out of those games because they're both good sides. But... Uh, we've got a win at Millwall so it's yeah. like you, you know it, 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 your season can de-escalate and escalate depending on which way your results go very very quickly in the championship because the points there's very little between the teams really outside of the top two and the bottom two there's very little between those teams and I don't want to be in a position be in a position going into the new year where we're like looking down the table and it's very possible if we'd if we don't find solutions, like I say, it could all change on that Millwall game. We win at we we win at Millwall, and we are thinking positively. But like I think now we have to draw a line in the sand, and maybe you know. It, but by all accounts, Tony Mowbray took a long time to get back into the media room after the game, so he spent a lot of time in there with the players. And I'd love to have been a fly on the wall, but leading up to that Millwall game, there have to be some very honest conversations. And you know, I appreciate that he's a man manager. He's very he's very good with the players. I'm I'm sure he's he's great to work with, but I think sometimes he's got to put his foot down and he's got to be harsh and he's got to be ruthless with his decision making, and that might mean upsetting a couple of people who we who we wouldn't normally upset. But I'm I'm looking now at seeing some. We have to see a reaction against Millwall because you just made a point before there. You know, the the sporting director and the owner won't be happy with this, and if we go to Millwall and get beat, you know. People are going to be calling for his head. They already are, some people, and I don't agree with it yet. You know, at the end of the game tonight, we were booed off. I can't remember the last time that happened. Resounding boos. I don't join in with those things, but I totally understand why it happened. I've seen these things flip very quickly at Sunderland, where you have a couple of bad results and it doesn't take long and people are on their backs and, and, and and it can go very badly. So I just want to see a reaction on Saturday. Oh, we, we need it. And, you know, the concerning thing is that we've got what traveling down to London. We're going to have no time in the training field to actually do anything um, anything differently. So it's all going to come from team selection. Like going back to your point with Roberts, now I think this, this kind of potentially um, taps into, you know, why, why we, do, we persist with the style of play that we have because, you know, it's, it's the age of the squad. And, you know, potentially Mowbray doesn't um, trust them or think they can play in a different way in game and automatically to change things too much. And, you know, Roberts is, is one of the older players in the squad. He's, he's 27 almost. You know, so he's he's one of the few who were really out of football and nappies, isn't he? So I think <laughs> he sees Roberts' role on the pitch as a lot more important than just 
what he does with the ball. I think from a leadership point of view, and you know, we don't know how big a personality he is in the dressing room, all that sort of stuff. But like he's been a, a shadow of the player he was last season. And again, it's something that we've discussed before, but it's like to me it's Ahmad not being there because he had somebody close to him last season who could play off him, play, you know, one twos, work space for him, drag defenders about. And you know, he's 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 often isolated. You know, he's often not got the ball with players around him, our, our players around him to, to pass to and work with. So I think we've kind of sacrificed a little bit of Patrick Roberts there because we haven't got somebody really playing. Because like Ahmad was was often playing over on the right-hand side, wasn't he? He'd come over, almost play an inside right channel, and him and Roberts were playing a lot, and it was all, all that space over on the left-hand side that we could flick it to and exploit. And now we're kind of just playing everything centrally. We're not trying to drag teams across to one flank. Everything's kind of there in, in, in the centre of the field and you know the width isn't there because the full backs aren't overlapping. And I just think it's um it's 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 just not working, is it? But you know, you no. go back to the striker thing and it it is frustrating and we talked all last season about not having a striker. We've got four now and we're not getting anything out we're not getting the tune out of any single any single one of them. But you know, do we have the wrong type of striker? Because the way that we play, you actually need you we'd be better off with you know somebody like in, in the style of Charlie White, I'm not saying Charlie White to be categorical about this. I'm not saying get Charlie White back, but you know that type of striker who can just stay on the last man, win headers, hold the ball up. So you've actually got an option to go along because at the minute, again, we're far too predictable. So teams can defend against us so easily, and if we can spring it, like there was once in the first half we went long to Meander, he won a free kick, um, and Clark that was a free kick that Clark um, got on target and, and the keeper saved. So, you know, we haven't got that Ross Stewart style of striker who who will stay right through the centre. You know, there was one point within the first half, Meander was coming so deep onto the right-hand side, Mark Venus was shouting and shouting and shouting about him to get back in the centre, get up front, because yeah. he, was being, he was coming to the ball. And again, you're then compacting the game and exactly playing into their hands because we, we need to stretch to create the space. So, you know, the strikers that we have... You know, yes, you. I said earlier we kind of need that that poacher in the box to you know jump on things. That's um, that's more mentality than style of play. That's not necessarily a little player. That's having that instinct to know where the ball's going to drop, to see where the ball's going to drop and, and score. You know, to me, you've got Bursto, who's the um, the, oh, sorry, for me, is probably taller than Bursto, but Bursto's played that role more often than not when we have played with a central striker who can be a little bit more aerial. But he's not, uh, you know leap in the air, six foot five, flick it on type of striker. And, you know, they're, they're few and far between, admittedly, but we kind of need somebody with a bit more physical presence up front to have that option, to have that plan B. And yeah. I actually think we start the season with it. Hamia started the season, for whatever reason, after one game, which he did all right in, he didn't do terribly in, he did all right in, Mowbray is completely out of them from, from the team. It, you know, he's slagging them off in... In press conference, and look, there might be some. I'm sure there is. Not might be. I'm sure there is valid reasons why Mowbray is doing. It. I'm sure he's really frustrated with certain aspects of him and all that sort of stuff. But to me, you keep that stuff in house. Yeah. And you know, mm-hmm. you you know, what came first? Is it Hamia getting um, dropped from the team after playing one all right game, and then some problems start on the training field, or were the problems on the training field there to begin with? Because I suspect it's probably the um, the the case that. Hamid is not too happy with how he's been treated, and you know I actually don't mm. don't blame him. So you know, you've got this whole issue with the, the style of striker that we're, we're signing, and you know it's 
it's a big thing. But, you know, is that the reason? I, I don't know. I don't think it's. I think it's a contributing factor, but I don't think it's the the sole reason because we've got we can score goals. That's the thing. We're not relying yeah. on that striker to score or scores. We're not. We're not sitting here going, "Oh, we can't score. We can't hit the target." You know, as a team, we're capable of scoring goals. We proved it last season. We proved it at points this season. But it's actually the um, the role that a, a physical striker who will lead the line will play in the team, and it brings something different. And we just haven't got that. Um, and that that falls on the recruitment. That's not Tony Mowbray. That's that's the recruitment. So I think there's a a few bits that are all contributing to it. It's never a simple answer, is it? No. But as no. you say, Millwall on Saturday, it's. <laughs> You know, it's it's not a must-win game because I, I don't believe they, they are until you get to the final bits of the season where you you know it's relegation or win or relegation or win or promotion. But it's a bloody important game and it's a very it's going to be a very telling game. You know, it could be a must-win game for Tony Mowbray because I you know like you I don't think it's um it's time to to get rid of him. I don't think it's time for a change. However, if you know if if we lose the next three or four games. Or we only pick a point or two for the next three or four games. We are deep in relegation form. Yeah, he won't have a job if that happens. No, so. and we need to see some signs that he's he's able to change it. And as I said earlier, like in game, we're not even seeing in game. It's not as if we're starting shit and then he's making a couple of subs, tweaking some tactics, and we're producing better performances. We, we, it's it's all flat. He's starting yeah. as we we finish. Essentially, just with a random mix of players thrown in at the end, just for fun. So, it's it's I'm I'm concerned. I'm concerned for for us for this season, and I'm concerned for Tony Mowbray. And again, I, I don't think it's. Um, I'm certainly not saying we should sack him. However, I think he's he's kind of on a bit of thin ice because yeah, the next three or four games have to yield seven, eight, nine points. Mm. Well, not nine, but you know. <laughs> we need to, we need to get some. De- you know, I think nine points would be a really good run out of out of those four games. We we need to get some seven or eight points on the board because yeah. you know otherwise this season otherwise we're going to be fighting relegation. And it, like, yeah. it's as simple as that because if you look at the gap, the points gap between where we are and the teams down in the bottom six or seven eight, it's not very great. You're talking about a couple of wins in three or four games time. We could see ourselves down seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth, and um, yeah. it's yeah, it's it's. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see how it transpires, really, because it's um, you know we don't really want many more nights like this where we're, we're pissed off and we're we haven't even talked about the game. That shows no. you how important the result and the performance were, because mm. we haven't we haven't gone through like you know it's irrelevant. We, there's no point in dissecting goals and all that sort of stuff because it's it's the team, it's not individuals, it's the, the team and the club. There's something not clicking right now, and it needs to click. As soon as, as possible, because otherwise, you know, there's, there's, there will be there will be repercussions. I sense. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I wondered while I was at the game and and, and coming out, have I don't know if we if we maybe got a little bit too arrogant with just thinking we're gonna because Tony Mowbray's basically said it. You know, we expected to go to Plymouth and win. I'm sure after this game, he'll have said we expect to be beaten Huddersfield, which we do, but. That doesn't mean you can become complacent and just walk out there and think we we're just going to beat these tonight if we just do what we always do, because as has been displayed, what what we always do isn't working at the minute. And when you've got one very solid way of playing, teams are going to work you out. You know, Jack Clark. Everybody knows how good he is, 
But if you put three players around him when he's got the ball, he's not going to be able to do much. And we have to have a way of working that out. No, and absolutely. The, the only thing I've noticed in recent times where we try and change that, and it's only really been in home games, but he'll put on Pritchard and he'll get Pritchard out on the left-hand side with Clark, but it doesn't give us any width. It's just another person for Clark to bounce the ball off, yeah. which is fine sometimes. I mean, it saves him from losing the ball. But I'm, I honestly think this this situation with not having a right-back playing like a right-back, because when it's Hume, he's virtually on the wing, or uh, sorry, virtually in centre midfield, or playing as a centre-half. He doesn't ever play like a fullback anymore. No. And then we didn't play Huggins in this game. And I get I get your reasons, actually, for what you said about why he might have played Seals. You know, he was involved in the goal we scored, um, defending set pieces and attacking set pieces, having that height on the pitch will make a difference. But, you know, Huggins is the, one of the only players we've got in terms of, like, raw pace, who can just run at people with pace and, and maybe create things out of nothing. And I honestly think at the minute, just not having a left-back and a right-back who get past that winger and give width is one of the big reasons why the strikers aren't scoring goals, why we're not seeing um, goals out of nothing, not seeing quick goals happen, because we just don't have natural width. All I'm seeing from Sunday at the minute is 10s all over the pitch, passing the ball a couple of yards to another number 10, yeah. to another number 10, and then when and when it's not working... He brings on Bradley Dack and Alex Pritchard, and it's been Oshish in recent weeks. Yeah, you know, and these are all very similar players. So whilst he's got a lot of players to pick from, where's the width? And and I, this is another thing, and people might laugh when they hear us say this, but I don't care because I'm talking about the lack of width. Where's Bennett? Oh, he's one of the only players we've got. He's got he's got pace. He gets he runs at his man. He gets him behind. Like I would have loved to have had him as an option tonight to just try something different because yeah. he's different to the players we brought on. Instead, it's Dak, who's been shit since he came in. He's done yeah. nothing, absolutely nothing. And Mowbray's constantly trying to justify why he was signed, because he was his signing. So he brings yeah. him on the pitch, and he does nothing. You know, Pritchard's not really lit it up this season and not really had a proper chance or a run in the team, fair enough. But these aren't, they're not going to change games. And I'm like, yeah, Bennett might not be perfect. He might be very raw, but he's different to them. And he can... Yeah. in. Tonight was screaming out for somebody like that. And if he'd come on and just run at his man and caused a bit of bother with his pace and his, and his directness, we might have scored, but we didn't have the different option on the bench despite having, you know, an embarrassment of riches at the minute with in terms of the amount of amount of options we've actually got. So that's what I need to say is something just we need to say something different. This is not working at the minute, and then we need to be able to change it when it isn't working. But like we have got a ton of options, right? And I said before, we've got a really deep squad and everyone's pretty much everybody's fit. But as you say, we're, we're, the squad's actually overloaded with number 10s, players who will play in that attacking midfield role in the centre of the field. And, you know, if you look at our options on the wing, you know, we've kind of converted Barr to, to some extent as a, as a winger because we haven't got any other options apart from Bennett, who, who's, I think, was injured and ill and whether he's, he's still on the sidelines for that reason, I don't know. But, like, as you say, he, he would have been a different option to come on. But we've, we've got a lack of options out wide and we've got a lack of options in the centre midfield, which is why Hume's coming into the centre midfield because we haven't we haven't got enough there to play the way that we, we want. We're go, he's going in there for support and to try to, to work things. But, you know, we, we haven't got centre midfield players who we can switch Equa and Neil out for easily. And, you know, Equa's been you know, under the spotlight. And, again, he's he's not been in form for a couple of months since he came back from injury. 
and I actually think he's probably still carrying an injury because he's just he doesn't look right at all. Dan Neal's kind of got away with scrutiny over recent weeks. He hasn't been great either. I think he had a really good start of the season. And I think since he's come back after that, then Burris ended off. I, I don't think he's been very good at all. But we've got nobody who can legitimately come into the, the centre um, midfield position in place of, of those two. So you kind of end up switching things around, dropping Bellingham back. And, you know, I'm still not sure whether Bellingham's a, a 10 or a 8 or a 6 or where, where he'll end up. But, you know, he's... I think he's kind of gone off the boil, and that's un- completely understandable because he's played. Pretty, he's well, he has played every game, so he needs a rest. Um, and you know, we've we've got a deep squad, but we haven't. We've got a very s- slight squad in that central midfield area, and the wing area were overloaded in in that central attacking bit of the pitch. And I think everybody expected Pritchard to um, to leave on deadline day. And I'm sure they would have probably made um, moves to get him out quicker, just to balance the squad up a little bit. But like Dak's been a complete failure. He's pointless. He's done nothing, and he doesn't affect games. So like he's a waste of space. Um, but again, he's an experienced player who's probably adds adds value off the field. Um, so it's it's kind of it's there's a lot of things wrong. But like you're going into Saturday's game, right? What do you do if you're Tony Mowbray, right? What do you do differently in that short space of time to change the the problems that we've seen over the last few weeks? Because it's it's off. Fine to think, oh, well, it's, it's an away game. They'll, they'll come at us and we can spring them. There'll be more space. But we saw at Plymouth, we saw at Swansea, we saw at Stoke. It doesn't work like that. And they'll, mm. they'll have watched us. New manager, they'll be going, you know, all we need to do is just let them have the ball. They'll overcommit and we'll get on over the top of them. Yeah. And it's easy. So, like, so what, like what, what do we do? Because I, I, I actually <laughs> do, I haven't got a clue. Yeah, well, I'm not... Exp- what do we do? What will we do? What would I do? <laughs> very are all very, like. They are yeah. the very different things. Like, I've just mentioned Bennett. I would have him in the squad. I wouldn't start Patrick Roberts. I put it this way, right? If uh, I feel like I'm picking on Roberts, and maybe I am in a way, but I just I know he's better than what, he, what he's given us at the I minute. I showed last season. But, yeah, but let's say that he's not Patrick Roberts and he's Jewison and Bennett, and he's had 8, 9, 10, 11 games or whatever on the bounce. Playing on the right, would he be playing at the minute? The way he's playing, he's not. Well, you seen the way he treats you... Russell, treats Tamir. Like they're they're out after one or two bad games. One yeah. bad game in both the cases, actually poor games. Actually, not yeah. actually poor games, average games. So if they, you know, for certain players, if they don't deliver immediately, he's getting at, getting rid of them. For people like Patrick mm-hmm. Roberts and a few others, not actually, a couple of others, he'll stick with them. I guess because they've proved they can do it, and that's that's yeah. a big difference, isn't it? Roberts is proven. We know he can do it. We know how important he was last season. And, you know, even if he's playing terribly, there's a chance he can cut inside and whip one in the top corner. So he's got that in his locker, whereas potentially other players aren't shown they've got that in the locker in, in training. Um, but, like, yeah, it's... Yeah. It's what you do. Lack, it's lack what you do and what... what yeah. I mean, you, you, the, the key words you used there when you, when you asked that was short space of time. He's got no time to change it around. He's not going to do that. So we'll put out a team which is much the same, I imagine. I'm guessing Huggins will come back in for Seals. That seems an obvious change to make. Equa maybe in for Bellingham no. and push Oshish up. I don't know. I'm just looking at it and I'm not really sure. I, th- I think he might he might, uh, he might, give Burst a shot up front instead of Mayenda, possibly. Well, that could just, be a change. Yeah. yeah, just because, you know, 
We've done the rounds now. Everybody bar Hemi has had but a start. Again, it's a lottery, oh. isn't it? It's it's yeah. now it's, we're talking about team selection the same way we're talking about subs. We'll try it, see mm. if it works. You know, we're not going to change tactics. We're not going to change the approach that we we have. And I just I I just don't see how we can do. It. Hey, you know, we'll probably win four <laughs> nil. I hope so because it'll improve our mood a great deal. Um, and I'm sorry to anybody listening to this who's just thinking, bloody hell, what's wrong with these two? But like, it's hard not to feel this way after such a flat performance. And you know, I think everything we've said has been very valid, and I'm sure people would agree. You know, it's not it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Unfortunately, we've had a couple of really bad results. But you know what, Gav? It's it's not the flat performance tonight because if that had come off the back of three or four great or good performances where we got Correct. a couple of wins and a yeah. draw. You, mm-hmm. you go okay. That was that was just a bad day. It was a shit night. Write it off, right? And you can do that on an individual game. You can't do that on seven or eight games. And we've kind of been building to it now. The, the concern I have is Tony Mowbray as a manager has his post January collapse, doesn't he? His New Year collapse. It, uh, it, yeah, that's what that's what that was. What we were told. Yeah, and it didn't happen and, last year, thankfully. Uh, it, it did but, to a, to a small extent. You know, I think we uh, had yeah, I think we had, we had a couple that of bad run results. into the Stoke yeah. game, didn't we? That we we'd lost, you know, yeah. lost at Rotherham, lost at Stoke, lost at home to somebody, I think, and we kind of went through four or five games where we'd lost four and drawn one or something, um, and we picked it back up with um, again, again a run of games against trickier teams on on paper, Luton and West Brom and people like that, Sheffield United. Um, although I think we got beat against Sheffield United, but we put in a good performance, which kind of spurred us on to um, to the rest of it. But it's like. This we've got. This has got to stop. Like we we've got to turn this run of results around. Um, and you know we can dissect performances all we want, but ultimately, as we as we know, it's results that matter. And um, you know we can talk about young players and we need to give them a chance and need time and all that sort of stuff. And absolutely right. However, they're playing championship football, they're playing senior football, men's football, and that's how they're going to be judged. And ultimately, that's fine if we're getting results. If we're not getting results, we need to switch it around a bit. And look, it's it's not all. I'm certainly not writing it all off. I've probably sounded incredibly. Or both of us sounded incredibly down, and <laughs> pessimistic, and not really knowing where the next point's coming from. And as I say, we, you know, we might turn it around and win three or four nil on Saturday. And you know, let's hope we do. Um, and it's certainly not writing the whole thing off because I think we're as a club, we're on the right track. We're taking the right direction. We're on the you know, t- have the right approach to things. Um, all that sort of stuff. It's a short-term thing. It's actually on the field, short-term thing that we need to address. But again, when you look at the fixtures that we've had, the fixtures coming up, the results that we've had over the last couple of months, it's not good enough. Like, it doesn't matter if you've got a load of young players in or not, it's not good enough. And we, we need to address it. And I think a lot of it, in fact, most of it, I would say it's 80% on Tony Mowbray and 20% on, on the squad, on, on the recruitment. Um, yeah. But I think the vast majority of... Um, responsibility right now lies firmly at Tony Mowbray's door and it's absolutely up to him to to fix it and as I say I think if he doesn't fix it in the next month then I, I doubt he'll be here for much longer but look I, I'm i not saying again not saying sack him now absolutely not um, but it, no, it's, it's just it's just reality isn't it you know well it, it is if, you, you mentioned it before that the expectation for the club is for us to finish in the top six if we keep losing games of football and we're heading further and further down the table, then they're just going to be left with a decision to make. And that's the way things are in football. And I'd love nothing more than for Tony Mowbray to just pull a load of good results out of the hat, 
remind everybody why he's done such a brilliant job while he's been here, because he has. There's no getting away from it. I think he's been a great manager for us. And I, I would love nothing more than for that to happen. I, you know, but it's just a fact of fact of life that, you know, if we get beat at Millwall, if we get beat off West Brom and Leeds, which are very possible because they're both good sides, then people are going to be saying, right, this isn't good enough. This yeah. needs to change now before we continue to slump. And that's it. Let's address the slump. The best chance to do that is on Saturday with another game. You know, with, with with the relatively quick turnaround between the two games, it's not like we've got to sit and dwell on it. You know, they're going to have a probably a a, a day to recover tomorrow. Um, they won't train a great deal. They'll not be out on the grass. Uh, I imagine they'll be travelling Friday because we're in London. Yeah. So, you know, there's no time to change anything drastically. There's no time to do anything, really. All there is is time to recover and travel. So we haven't got a lot of time to think about it, really. We've just got to move on to the next game. And like I say, I'm hoping that by the next time people hear me talk about this and hear us talk about um, talk about the, the, the next performance, that we're a lot more upbeat. It's just impossible to, to sit here tonight and feel anything other than the way we do because, you know, it wasn't great. And we, it, we've, we've talked for over 50 minutes now and we haven't really went into the game. And I don't want to, if I'm honest. I don't want to talk about <laughs> Plymouth. I don't really want to talk about Huddersfield. I'm quite glad that we've been able to just sit and talk about the general feel of the way things are because, you know, we're not daft. We can see what's happening in front of us. Um, and let's hope the, the players and the manager feel the same and, you know, manage to address it quickly. And they've done that a lot over the last couple of years where... We've had bad runs. We've had bad results where you're going, bloody hell, where we're going from here. Then all of a sudden we pull it out the hat. And it wouldn't shock me if we beat Millwall, West Brom and Leeds because, you know, I still think we're a brilliant team. I think we're capable of beating anybody. And we can't we can't just, you know, make drastic, um, give drastic opinions and viewpoints on the back of, you know, what feels like a very, very sore result tonight. Um, we have to take a wider view on it. And the wider view is as whilst we've had a great season to date, you know, generally, we could have done better. And we we should be doing better, really. I think we I think we are better than where we're at at the minute. And, you know, the championship's a tough league. Everybody's capable of beating everybody, but we're in eleventh place. We're below Cardiff and Preston and Hull. And I think we're better than that. And that's no disrespect to those teams. I just think Sunderland are better than that. We've got better players than to be sat 11th in the table. Um, you know, and teams below us are going to start picking up points. I don't expect Watford, Norwich, Coventry to be right down the bottom end. Swansea, Stoke, Birmingham. There's some good teams below us. You know what I mean? So um, we've got to just turn it around and, and we can only think of the next game. Millwall are the, the next opponent. Um, they're not a brilliant team, but they're a horrible team to play against. And, I hope that this is a wake-up call to those players. As if to say, you're getting very comfortable, some of you, and we can't just expect to turn up. As young players, you can't just expect to turn up and just walk over teams because you've got better players than them, as have been demonstrated. You know, The team in 20th have just beat us, and the team in 21st have just beaten us. So you need to, you need to sort it out. It's as simple as that. It is. And you know, if you're looking at this on paper, Millwall... Let's have a look at their, their last few results at home. They got turned over 3-0 by Coventry at home. They got beat 2-1 off Blackburn. They got beat 1-0 off Southampton. They drew 2s each against, um, against Hull. They got turned over 3-0 against Swansea. 
Um, you know, a lot of their points this season have come on, on the road. So, you know, they're not in the best of form. And again, if the um, situation was reversed and you've got us playing at home in terrible form against a team who's you know, had a couple of bad results, you, you fully expect that team to come to your place and get three points, don't you? So, mm. you know, if we can start the game well, and again, you know, it might be the case that Millwall situation plays in our hands. They come out and attack because they they need to get the home fans on on side, which they, they will. They probably will. They'll probably start off really strongly and going at us because they they need to get the crowd up and behind them. And hopefully, we can you know play into the space that they leave and actually do what um, you know teams have done to us recently, where you know you're exploiting the space that they've they've left and get in. And you know that that suits us. That suits us. But as I say. Teams know how to play against us, so Millwall's manager will be caught in between a tactical decision and almost an emotional one in terms of you know do we actually play tight and let Sunderland have possession, which will probably piss the crowd off, but will give us the best chance to get a, a result, or will we go at them, which will get the crowd on side, but it might leave gaps for them to to exploit, and you know you might be taking our lack of um, confidence as a as a sign to go out attack get an early goal or two and that's the game done so it'll be it'll be intriguing to see how Millwall approach it because I think mm. the fact that they're at home actually plays in our hands because if they were coming to the stadium light it wouldn't really be a game that you're looking forward to too much no anyways got all that off our chest didn't we there's a bit of positivity so... there just to finish with <laughs> Yeah, I'm just struggling to feel positive, but you know, it is what it is. I'm sure I'll feel a little bit better in the morning after a good night's kip and all the rest of it. Um, cheers, mate. Thanks for that. I, I did really much. enjoy that chat. I hope people listening did too. Yeah, because, therapeutic at the very you know, least, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Cathartic is the word I normally like to use. I usually <laughs> use the words cathartic when uh, after, <laughs> whenever something lose. Um, But you know, it was. It was cathartic. So cheers, mate. Um, thanks to listeners. If you've managed to last to this point, um, we've got the Millwall game at the weekend, so we'll be chatting about that afterwards. And, uh, of course, the start of this December's Christmas fundraiser for the Southern Community Soup Kitchen will be kicking off on the 1st of December. So you've got that to look forward to. We've got loads coming up over the month. Like I say, it would be lovely if we could marry up that positivity that normally comes around with the, the fantastic efforts that you all give in fundraising for the Southern Community Soup Kitchen. If we could marry that up with some good results then happy days we'll all be talking about better times so yes let's uh, let's look forward to Millwall we'll see you then and uh, we'll catch you after the game on the board yeah here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 